Welcome to the Pastor Nick Santo podcast, a podcast designed to help you live closer to Jesus. We hope that God uses it to encourage and empower you in his plan for your life. Now let's get into today's content. Welcome to the podcast. I want to thank you for listening and hope that the content here is helping you grow closer to Jesus and strengthening your walk with him. This is actually the first episode of bonus content and really the first time I've ever spoken directly into a microphone without a live audience present. So I hope this isn't too awkward for you or for me. I'm grateful to those of you that took the time to come out and be a part of our service here at Calvary Chapel Hudson Valley last night. And also to those that either tuned in live on Facebook or YouTube, as well as those who listened in after the fact online or via the podcast. I wanted to follow up today with a few additional thoughts I had this morning as I was reflecting on last night's study, specifically about the part of how Jesus is the answer to Solomon's struggle, and really the struggle we all face, that is the struggle of where true satisfaction is found. In the service, we are listening to Solomon's testimony in Ecclesiastes 2 as he was walking down the corridor of life, trying all sorts of different doors along the way, searching for something that would satisfy. He tried a number of different things, the same things that most people try, but to the highest level, his money and power and wisdom could afford him. All, of course, to no avail as he testified that no matter what he tried, he kept coming up empty. The grand conclusion of his search is the part that interests me the most. As he came to the end of it all, he basically concluded, if I can't find the meaning of life, then there must not be one. And of course, Solomon was wrong. In John 10, which is the passage where Jesus says that he is the door, the one that Solomon was really looking for, there's some helpful insight on what this human struggle to enjoy life looks like from heaven's perspective. I want to read a portion of John chapter 10 And then describe four things I see that help me to understand and I think will be helpful to you as well. It says in verse 1, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And he puts forth his own sheep, and he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spoke unto them. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep." All that came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep, and flees, and the wolf catches them, and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees, because he is a hireling, and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. Then down in verse 27, it just says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So when I look at this chapter, I see four things here that help me to understand and I think will be helpful to you as well. First of all, the subject, then the characters, then the conflict, and finally the answer. So let's unpack it. First of all, the subject. The subject here is the sheepfold or rather entrance into the sheepfold. The sheepfold in the text represents three things, life or the quality of life, satisfaction represented by the pasture Jesus speaks of, and salvation, which it mentions in verse 9. So life, satisfaction, and salvation. Essentially, it represents the goal that all humanity is striving after. Everyone wants to live to be satisfied and to be saved. And certainly, that's what Solomon was searching for when he wrote Ecclesiastes. In the text, there are two ways into the pasture. First of all, the door, which is the right way, and what Jesus calls then the other way, which of course is bad. So that's the subject. There are also four characters in the passage. One is what Jesus calls the hireling, or the thief and the robber, or the stranger. These are all one and the same, and they represent the antagonist in the picture. They represent the false ways people use to try to experience the sheepfold. The problem with the false ways is that they give someone the sense or feeling of possessing true life, but they cannot provide true salvation, lasting satisfaction, or any real help. The second character in the passage is what John calls the porter or the doorkeeper, or better spoken would probably be the gate warden. In the modern context, we would probably call him the bouncer. His job is to protect the sheepfold, to keep intruders out, and to keep the quality of life experienced by the sheep as pure as possible and free of trouble. The third character is the shepherd, who strangely is also the door. This is none other than Jesus himself. He is, by his proclamation and heaven's ordination, the only authorized way into the sheepfold. It is to him alone that the bouncer opens the door and allows entry. And then fourth and finally, there is the sheep. That's you and I. Interestingly, the sheep are the most vulnerable of the characters, and one would think the least important. But really, it is the sheep that this whole passage exists for. So being called a sheep in this almost makes me feel belittlingly special. Now, the conflict in the passage really exists between those who come into the sheepfold the correct way, that is through Jesus, and those who seek to come in some false way. And the passage, and this really is the value of the passage, reveals to us exactly what we receive when we come into the sheepfold through Jesus as opposed to trying some other counterfeit method. So according to Jesus, what does a person obtain when they come into the sheepfold the proper way? Well, first of all, he tells us in verse 9 that they become saved. That means their sins are completely forgiven by God and they are completely accepted by him. Because they are with Jesus, God sees them as though they were Jesus and their sins are put away. Secondly, their name is placed on the bouncers list and they now have permission to go out and come into the fold at their will. Now, don't misunderstand. This doesn't mean they go back to the world and their own ways of sinful living. 
It is simply a reference to the reality that we have complex lives that have many moving parts. We go to work, we raise families, we have other responsibilities. And though Jesus is with us in all of that, we have dealings in this world that don't exclude us from access to the fold. Our name is on that list, and that's an indication that we belong to him and to the family of God, and thus all of the benefits of belonging are ours freely to enjoy. A long list of benefits, I might add. The third thing we have is that Jesus promises that in our goings we will find pasture. That's in verse 9. This speaks to the satisfaction part of life in the sheepfold. There is nothing more satisfying and comforting to a sheep than a full and flourishing pasture. This is probably the thing that changes the most from our old life outside of the fold. When Jesus is with us, life takes on a new dimension. We find a joyful satisfaction in the everyday part of life. Things that used to be grueling duties suddenly seem strangely satisfying as he gives them new purpose and new hope. Fourthly, Jesus says in verse 11 that he gives his life for the sheep. He doesn't speak of this as a one-time offering, but something that he continually does. It is in the present tense. It means that when we belong to him, his heart and mind and actions toward us are continually self-denying self-sacrificing, and intentionally directed towards our benefit. It is intensely personal, and he is deeply involved in the moment-by-moment of our lives. Fifthly, Jesus tells us in verse 15 that he knows us, and that he in turn is known by us. I'm personally greatly comforted by this. Not so much of how he knows me, but by the promise here that I can know him just as well. The Bible teaches, and I've also learned, that he knows me better than I know myself. And to think that he's willing to let me into himself in an equal way thrills me greatly. I want to know him. Sixthly, Jesus tells us in verse 27 that when we come in the right way, he's going to see to it that we learn how to hear his voice. I really like the fact that he repeats in this verse again that he knows us because it means that he knows how dull of hearing I can be, and yet he still knows how to communicate to me in spite of my weakness to sometimes hear him. And then seventh and finally, in verses 28 and 29, Jesus tells us that if we come in through the door, we are given an assurance that he is going to hold on to us and not allow us to be plucked out of his hand. If you couple this with the fact that he lays down his life for us, it tells me it's only if he can be killed I can't be kept, and I need that kind of strength holding me. Now, contrast this with the hireling, the stranger, the thief, and the robber. Again, talking about the false ways that counterfeit real life, real satisfaction and salvation. This includes all of the doors we learned about in last night's study that Solomon tried. Things that promise life, but only steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus basically said that a hireling is a hack. What is a hack? A hack is some other way, some back door into an otherwise restricted area. Think about a computer hacker. They find a back door into a secret area in order to do damage. A spiritual hack is a back door way to experience the quality of life that God intends for man, but in a way that he didn't intend, like Solomon's doors. The big problem with a hack or a hacker is this. The method only works once. No hacker has ever gotten in the same way twice. Once a hack is discovered, 
The false door is secured. That's why false experiences don't continually satisfy. Whether it's money or power or success or sex or whatever, they're all hacks. Another problem with the hireling or the stranger is that they always leave you with less than what you had when they found you. Jesus said that they came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This was the plight of Solomon's experiences. Every attempt to find pasture in passing things left him more empty than he was before he started. He invested his life in false ways and received no return on his investment. The sum of all his attempts to fill himself up only left him in a place where he said, I hate my life, I hate my job, and I'm depressed. It's a marvel to me that the richest, wisest, most powerful man in the world could be in such a place. And then finally, the hireling or the stranger, the thief, cannot and will not help you when trouble comes. Jesus said in verse 12 that when the hireling sees the wolf come, he leaves the sheep and flees. None of the false things we think can help us actually have any power at all in our day of trouble. Think about a diagnosis or a troubled teen or a mental illness that you might have. Money, fame, talent, none of those things can help you but Jesus can. So what's the answer for those of us that want to really experience life in the sheepfold? First, to know that there's only one real way in, and it's through Jesus. The gate is protected by a very strong bouncer, and not anyone can just come in because they want to. Jesus is the only one authorized to provide admittance, and without him, you just can't get in. So how does Jesus bring us in? Well, If he says that we can hear his voice, then certainly he can hear ours. He tells us that if we will ask, seek, and knock, that he will certainly answer, uncover, and open the door for us. If we will ask him to forgive our sins and to accept us simply because of what he did for us on the cross, and if we'll state our willingness and desire to be in his fold, he'll do the rest. So for the one that's been away for far too long, come back. Jesus told Peter that sin could be forgiven even 490 times in the same day. If you've been away and you can believe, come back. He still receives you. For the one who has never come, it's as simple as coming to him and asking him to reveal himself to you, to forgive the sin that has separated you from God and being willing to forsake all other false ways to embrace and receive him alone. He promises that whosoever comes to him, he will in no way cast out. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It really is that easy. I want to thank you for spending this time with me today. I've enjoyed sharing God's word with you. And as always, if you know someone who can benefit from these messages, please share them and help get the word out. Now may you live in an awareness of his presence and in the joy of his freedom. Until next time, God bless you. Thanks for joining us for the Pastor Nick Santo podcast. To regularly receive these teachings, be sure to subscribe so that you can get it automatically when it's released. If you find this material helpful, please share it and help us get the message of Jesus out to others. We also appreciate your feedback. So if you would, leave a review in iTunes or email us at pastor.nickpc at gmail.com. Until next time, may you continue to love, learn, and live the way of Jesus.